Hello everyone, this is Aditya Mehta and you are listening to Podcast on Personality Development. Past experiences of others and learnings are something which never leaves us and it always makes us better humans, better decision makers and better leaders. In today's episode, we are going to talk about leadership lessons based on the historical figures as our guest of today's show believes that looking to the past can help us to lead in the future so i'm going to go and come back with the guest till the time intro music is going to play so in that time if you haven't followed this podcast already then make sure to do that and since you are following it and becoming a part of the family join the whatsapp community as well where i put exclusive content for the community members and you can ask questions to the guest as well in that community and it's completely free so you do that link is in the description and now without any further delay let's get started Hello and welcome back to today's episode. In this episode, as I have already mentioned, we are going to talk about leadership lessons based on historical figures and also we are going to talk about leadership lessons from our own experiences, from our own past experiences. And to guide us with that, there is a person who is a frequent podcast guest and a best-selling author. bringing his deep experience as a technology and business executive and he draws on his background to educate inspire and entertain audiences large and small so please allow me to welcome mr jeff tan a person who has been amplifying audiences around the world for two decades so hello jeff how are you doing I am doing great. I am so excited to be here today. Can't wait to dive into our conversation. Well, I am pretty excited as well and uh Jeff I really know that we have been waiting for this conversation for too long now. <laughs> It has been more than 2 months and we were just rescheduling after rescheduling and uh you know I I completely appreciate you accommodating with all the times uh where I have rescheduled. but uh, finally we are here and you know it's 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 great to see you in person rather than talking over emails uh, yes, so yes. that's 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 really amazing but and, and i'm not sure who rescheduled more me or you because i think we both rescheduled uh, a couple of times so i appreciate the grace as well well thank you thank you so much and uh, this this is just amazing and i'm i'm really excited you know i'm like i'm smiling right now year to year uh so that so i'm i'm really happy to have you to be very honest and i was really excited before as well you know before diving straight into the topic uh i have one question for you jeff like yeah. whatever i have introduced or whatever introduction i have given about you i feel that's that's just a nutshell of what you do so 
if if you are willing to give a detailed introduction to the audience that would be just perfect awesome well so i have had a uh, a long career in information technology that's really where i got my start in the business world uh, I came up through the ranks of uh, software developer. Back in my time, we called them programmers, um, but um, spent probably the first, ah, gosh, almost 20 years of my career uh, writing code uh, and solving business problems through code. And uh, about uh, kind of at that halfway point of my career, so about 20 years or so ago, uh, I got drug kicking and screaming into management. Um, I had a couple of friends that, that said, oh, man, you got to do this. You'd be really good at it. And it's like, ah, no, 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 no. I just want to write code. Uh, I just want to be that long haired hippie COBOL programmer and, and, uh, and, and write code. But I finally took the jump uh, into management. And what, what I learned was that I had some, some pretty good leadership skills already. Um, and over the course of, of several years, I learned even more leadership and leadership skills. Uh, and, and what that, I think that's one of the wonderful things about my career is I feel like I'm still learning. Uh, you know, I'm I'm a little bit older than your typical or than than your listeners. Um, uh, I'm uh, a friend of mine says uh, to throw in a golf reference says I'm on the back nine of my career. Uh, so, uh, um, I've been doing this a little over 40 years and continue to learn, continue to grow, uh, about, uh, four years ago, I stepped away from the corporate world after spending time as a chief information officer for a, a couple of companies. I was an executive at a tech firm for several years and stepped away to focus on writing books. I've written a, a couple of books. Uh, I host a podcast for technology professionals called Status Go. Uh, and a, another thing that I'm sure we're going to talk about today is I do uh, leadership development retreats based on the story of Lewis and Clark. Uh, in fact, I just got home last night uh, from leading a group uh, out in uh, Skamania, Washington, here in the United States. And so it's been a it's been a great career, and like I say, I just continue to learn and grow, and I love exchanging insights, and that's what excited me about being on your show today. Wow, that's that's a pretty amazing uh, introduction of yours, and I can completely relate with you as well because I belong to the information technology field as well. Although uh, when I'll say my profession, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a little tough. Uh, to have a conversation because I am a business analyst in IT and you know software developers and business analysts don't go hand to hand much because ah. you know <laughs> developers are like come on man business analysts they are always making changes in the code right <laughs> I mean that's that's our part of the job profile right so oh I, yes 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 <laughs> and uh, plus, so plus when you test our code you always break it <laughs> and then we have to fix it. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And uh, and and to be very honest, we love it as well. So uh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. So, but but it's 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 really great. I mean, uh, I'm pretty sure uh, many of the business analysts and software developers 
who are listening to us right now they would be really relating to this as well and um, and yes. and they, they would be resonating that how a software developer and a business analyst is talking on a podcast with laughs and words <laughs> so i feel that's that's really inspiring for most of the people out there however jeff uh, you you mentioned that you are taking leadership development lessons based on lewis and clark now mm-hmm. uh one thing which i would like to ask is if if you can give a brief about lewis and clark as well because uh you know most of the people might not know about them and personally even right. i don't know about them so okay well let yeah. me let me give you the cliff notes version um so this was back in um 1803 1804 1805 time frame mm-hmm. and the united states was a very young country uh we were you know one generation removed away from the revolutionary war uh 18 years since the uh drafting of our constitution and uh at that time the country the size of the country was basically from the atlantic ocean to the mississippi river so about a third maybe a uh, uh, landmass of what what it is today um and president thomas jefferson negotiated a, a transaction with France to buy what is called the Louisiana Purchase which is basically the lands west of the Mississippi River a, a wedge of land there that doubled the the mass of the country overnight and so he he got with um uh, uh two two fellows Meriwether Lewis and William Clark and asked them to lead an exploration across that continent hoping to find a northwest passage but also to uh, establish relationships with the the native peoples that were living in that area in the hopes of creating trade with them over time so meriwether lewis and william clark set out and they enlisted the help of at one point there was probably 40 or 50 people that were on the expedition the permanent party the group that became known as the permanent party was 31 other people mm-hmm. uh and they took off through the wilderness and made it out to the pacific ocean and back um with um uh some great adventures along the way that's a great story i mean i i never knew about it and i think i should read more books about them uh however uh jeff why did you pick these two people and what's the story behind it that's number 1 and number 2 mm-hmm. is why did you felt that you know uh, leadership lessons can be learned from the historical figures uh, and why do you think that's important both of those questions uh, are are so great i i i love that um You know when you think about the the Lewis and Clark expedition it was not the first expedition that set out to uh explore that area it was just the first one that was successful um and so uh, I fell I refell in love with that story um gosh probably 20 some odd years ago uh, and you kind of remember it from high school those of us that um uh are here in the United States we we get taught 
the basic lessons of Lewis and Clark in high school. Uh, and then you kind of forget about it, right? Uh, because it's yeah. like, oh, that was 200 years ago. What's that got to do with anything? And uh, I felt I refell in love with that story. And my wife and I decided that we were going to travel the entire route. Um, and so over the course of about five or six years, we we traveled the 8000 miles that was the Lewis and Clark Trail across the country. And a couple of things happened is we we learned so much about the story, but we also uh, fell in love with our country. Um, and because you're, you're on the back roads, you're off the, the, the highways and you're meeting, you're meeting so many wonderful people across the, the country and seeing so many beautiful sights. We just, it was just, you know, we would go on these trips and then come back and I'd go to the office and all I'd talk about was Lewis and Clark. Uh, and so, uh, a boss of mine at the time looked at me and said, Jeff, you know what you ought to do? is you ought to uh, research the leadership lessons that you learned from Lewis and Clark. And I laughed at him. I said, I said, Ron, it's 200 years ago. What lessons can we get uh, from people that were alive 200 years ago that we can use in business today? Um, but I took him up on it and I began to research and I've just been blown away uh, by the leadership lessons. Uh, that we can derive from from that group, um, and so I wrote a very very small ebook about it, and then th that has grown into, uh, like I mentioned, I just got back from leading an, uh, a a group of leaders from all over the country. We fly them into uh, Skamania, Washington, and we spend three days, and we talk uh, about things like like vision. What makes a vision powerful? Uh, how do you hand off a vision to somebody else to execute? We talk about team building. Here was here was uh, a group of people that really didn't know each other. Most of them, in fact, had no clue of who each other were. And they became an incredibly highly functioning team. Uh, how was Lewis and Clark able to do that? Uh, and then we, we pivot from that and talk about overcoming obstacles, uh, the the known obstacles that they knew were that they were going to encounter and then the unknown obstacles the surprises along the way and how did they navigate uh and and get around them and then this concept of resilience the the ability to bounce back after overcoming a challenge and uh we look at it from personal resilience to team resilience and even uh strategic alliances and ecosystem resilience because uh without the partnerships that they formed with the native americans they don't make it uh they probably die in the wilderness uh without help uh and then uh and then we talk about proceeding on and how as leaders we we have to proceed on in the face of burnout and distraction and all those are are just the tip of the iceberg in this story that that transpired they were they were on the expedition for three and a half years um and uh, that just barely brushes the surface and so i i really fell in love with this concept of studying uh people from the past and understanding what why why do we talk about them today we talk about them today a lot of times because they did something, and I'll use air quotes, great. 
uh, and what can we learn from them? And one of the things uh, as I was growing in my career, uh, I I realized that I really wanted to have an executive coach. And, and I recommend that uh, to all your listeners. I know some of your listeners are are just getting out of, of university. Others might be getting that, that promotion into a directorship or a vice president. Having an executive coach that is outside your organization can be incredibly valuable because they don't have an agenda, right? They can work with you and help you grow in your leadership skills and not have to worry about what's going on in the organization. So I happened to meet this fella that does executive leadership coaching based on history. And so the way he does it is you have a, we have a coffee meeting and we sit down and we talk and he's like, well, Jeff, what do you want to work on? Mm -hmm. And at the time I wanted to work on managing up. How do you manage your boss or your boss's boss? Right. That, that can be very tricky. And he says, great. And we had this conversation for, I don't know, half hour, 45 minutes. And he says, all right, we're going to meet again in two weeks and I'm going to bring a, a proposal for someone from history that we're going to study. Hmm. It's like, okay. So he knew I was a big fan of Lewis and Clark. So I figured, okay, it's probably going to be either, either Meriwether Lewis or William Clark, or maybe one of the other people on the expedition. And he comes back and says, well, we're going to study Theodore Roosevelt, Theodore Roosevelt, one of the presidents of the United States. Um, and what was amazing to me, so you start you start when Roosevelt was born in 1858, and we follow him through his life, and we spent a year together studying uh, Theodore Roosevelt, but always bringing it back to that lesson of how do you manage up. Um, Roosevelt was fantastic at um, living on the edge right? Uh, pushing the envelope, um, uh, not, not necessarily breaking all the rules, although he did do that quite a bit too, but yeah. he believed that for growth to occur in himself, as well as the people he was leading, whether it was uh, the Rough Riders uh, earlier in his life, or whether it was he's leading the United States later on, that you have to live on that edge, that you have to balance that edge of pushing too far and not pushing far enough. And he was very adept at that. Um, and uh, there's this great story of when he was uh, appointed to, I forget the role, but it was a government position and uh, Benjamin Harrison, President Benjamin Harrison appointed him to this role. Uh, and his job was to clean up government. Um, and so he, the first thing he did was he came to Indianapolis, Indiana, which happens to be where I'm from, but it's also where Benjamin Harrison was from. So he started cleaning up politics right in Benjamin Harrison's backyard. Talk about kind of being on that edge and and pushing the envelope and managing up. Uh, and he just continued to do that. So I, I fell in love through that of really studying uh, leaders from history, you know, I, I, right. with, with Dan's help, Dan Miller was my coach. Uh, we studied, uh, Theodore Roosevelt. We studied, uh, Dwight D Eisenhower, mm -hmm. um, gosh, uh, Abraham Lincoln, uh, Martin Luther King, 
right. just a wide variety of leaders to, to identify what it is, what are the intangibles in there that made them great leaders and how did they uh, rally people around them to accomplish some amazing things? Wow, that's that's pretty amazing. And personally, even I believe that, uh, you know, history teaches us so many things, but uh, you doing that detailed analysis is really, really insightful. And I'm loving this conversation already. In fact, I have, uh, I, I have also, you know, based on uh, history, I, even I have created some of the podcast in the in, in, in the past as well, like, you know, like in India, there is a beautiful scripture, which is known as Ramayan, which is the history of India. And from there, I carry out, you know, like communication lessons and decision making lessons. I've made two episodes in the past on that. So I, I completely relate with that. Uh, you know, these are the certain things for which we study history in our uh, yes. school or colleges. You know, I mean, that's that's really wonderful. Continuing the next question, I have this I have this follow up question based on your answer. Like you, you mentioned that, you know, they managed a good amount of team and they just met them and they were, you know, really able to inspire them towards a greater cause, you know. So yes. if from the history you have, uh, you know, some of the tips which you would like to give to the people and this applies to you know both you know the people who are just starting off their career you know from there to the people who are getting into new newer positions of leadership now for both of them like personally i believe everyone is a leader okay because you know although you are you know just just getting into and just starting off your career you you still have to take responsibilities of certain yes. projects of certain or, or certain things so for a particular project you are a leader although you don't have people around you but you yeah. you have that responsibility right that's number one and number two for for those people who are just appointed newly as leaders right so mm -hmm. anything uh you know from the history lesson which which you would like to uh, from which you would like to give tips to these two complete different leaders, I would say yep. uh, that that would be just amazing. I, I, I love that differentiation that you make that uh, everybody can be a leader. Uh, you don't have to be a manager to be a leader. Um, I, I've heard it defined as uh, a, a leader is someone with at least one and maybe more than one follower, right? So if somebody else is watching you uh, and learning from you and growing from you, and uh, then you're a leader. Uh, you can be a leader, whether you're an individual contributor or a leader, uh, if you've got uh, uh, a thousand people in your organization. And conversely, you can be a manager of a thousand person organization and not be a very good leader. Uh, right. There's a lot of those out there too. Um, and I tell you for the person that is, that is just starting out um, and maybe is in an individual contributor role. Um, I, I like to tie it back to, to vision and, and mission. And what, what is the vision of the organization? What is the organization trying to achieve? Mm -hmm. And then, 
take what you bring to the table. What are your skills? Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your uh, both your technical skills and your soft skills? And how do those apply to that vision? Um, and as you're looking at that, one of the things that I recommend everybody do is, uh, is traditionally we we a lot a lot of us do this. We we identify our strengths and our weaknesses, hmm. right? And, and so uh, it's real easy to say, "Oh, I'm really good at writing code," or "I'm really good at business analysis," or whatever it might be. Right. And then that's what you contribute to the vision. But I believe you also have to look at your weaknesses. Mm -hmm. What are some, as you look at your weaknesses, what are some things that if you spent a little bit of time working on those, they may not turn into a strength, but the, the amount that you grow and the amount that you change will be exponential. Um, And uh, sometimes you have to spend some time doing that. There's a there's a great uh, uh, misquote from Peter Drucker, the great uh, business guru from uh, many decades ago. And Drucker uh, gets misquoted as saying, maximize your strengths to make your weaknesses irrelevant. Hmm. But that's not what he said. What he said was you have to understand your strengths and you have to understand your weaknesses. Um, and he goes further because I believe here's an example from my from my own career. Uh, Twenty years ago or so, had I done strengths and weaknesses, I would have put public speaking in the weakness category. I hated it. I hated talking in meetings. I hated presenting to even to my own peers. Um, I would if I had to do a presentation at work. You know, I'd get the sweaty palms and the. Uh, sleepless night and and uh, but I knew as one of my career goals was to be a chief information officer um, and in order to do that you have to be able to present to your team you have to be able to present to your peers you have to present to the board of your company uh, and so I knew that I had would have to figure out a way to get over that Um, And so that was a weakness that I spent some time really focusing on, um, really trying to improve. And and here I am today, I actually make my living by speaking to groups. And I'm not suggesting that you're going to take a weakness and all of a sudden it's a new career for you. But if you think about the role of the CIO, I could not hand that off to somebody else. I could not rely on somebody else to do my presentations for me because who who then would my team follow they'd follow that person not me um and so um i think you have to look at your weaknesses that way is can you rely on others on your team to to help build up that weakness uh and if you can great but if you can't then you've got to work on it yourself and and tying that lesson back to lewis and clark i think that's one of the great things that they were able to do with this group of people that had various skills in various things. Um, They hired by, they hired based on skill and character, not based on resume. Um, And uh, so they began to orchestrate and put together this team that maybe, maybe one person is great at hunting. Another person is great at sign language. Another person uh, is great at cooking. Well, guess what? They had to eat. 
right? And so they bring all these things together. And what you see in the in the core is they start to almost become interchangeable because they're all learning from each other. They're all learning and growing. And so uh, this person that was a hunter now is also doing some cooking. And this person that was a tracker is also doing uh, blacksmithing. And so you, you, you start to see they become interchangeable. And I think as uh, the next category of person that you talked about was that person that maybe has uh, their first managerial job, their first uh, leadership job. And what, what are some, some thoughts for, for them as well. Um, and I, I fall back there on still, I'm, I'm going to stick with strengths and weaknesses. Knowing your strengths and weaknesses is a great first step as a new leader, hmm. because you're going to need people on your team that have strengths that you don't, you don't right. want to build a team that is that's a mirror image of who you are you want to build a team that complements each other and complements you and sometimes that can be scary as a leader you mean i'm gonna i'm gonna put people on my team that are smarter than i am oh absolutely you are right you're gonna you're gonna want to do that uh because that's going to make for a stronger team uh, and so understanding your strengths and weaknesses and then understanding the strengths and weaknesses of your team is a great first step because then you can start to put them together in combinations that can be successful. You will also identify gaps in skills that you need. Uh, you have this vision of what you want to accomplish as the team. So now you've got a team of some number of people. Where are the gaps? And and should you hire someone to fill that gap or should you train someone to fill mm -hmm. that gap? Uh, and again, that was a great thing that Lewis and Clark did. There was a couple of, of cases that, you know, they could have trained someone, I suppose, to learn um, Shoshone, which was a Native American tribe that they knew they were going to uh, encounter. Uh, and rather than trying to teach someone Shoshone, they brought somebody else into the expedition that already knew Shoshone. Uh, they brought in Sacagawea, the only woman that went with them on this entire uh, expedition. So right. uh, another lesson from them is you look for skills in, in uncharacteristic places, in unconventional places. Uh, the other thing that I'll mention uh, for those that are first-time leaders, there's a great book. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on the author's name, but the book is The First 90 Days. Uh, yeah. And it's a book that talks about, here's what you should do in your first 90 days, whether you're a new leader or you're a leader that's moving into a new role. Um, here's kind of a roadmap for those first 90 days. Great, great book. Um, so I, I think I covered your questions there. Yes, that's, that's and, and you covered it. Pretty brilliantly, I, I, I must say that because, uh, you know, it was very detailed and it was very descriptive. And I, I, I love those kind of answers. So thank you so much for doing that. Also, uh, the, the book which you mentioned is also mentioned by uh, another guest of the show as well, who had awesome. been on the show. Uh, so, you know, that's that's a great thing, you know, many guests telling the same thing. And I, I feel that's one of the thing which is really really important the other thing which i completely relate with is you know identifying your weakness as well uh one of my mentor had said this that aditya if you are getting 
like 75% and if you want to reach to 80% what are you going to do and as usual yes. i would you know any any person would answer is you know i'll do more hard work and he was like any you you have done hard work for 75% as well you 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 didn't reach to 80 right so yeah for reaching for adding that 5% you actually have to focus on your weaknesses and work on those weaknesses either it can be by your by yourself or you need to hire someone or get yeah. someone into your team who is really good at that and i completely understand that now because previously i just understood like i have to work on myself but with your explanation i'm more clear that we can actually get someone on the team as well uh, and and that's really amazing and i'm pretty sure most of the people must be you know like their mind has opened that they can actually <laughs> get someone on the team and it's it's a pretty basic thing but most of the people like it 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 doesn't strike them like it didn't strike yeah. me as well right so but but it's a pretty common thing and i i really appreciate you saying that however i have two more questions uh, for this yeah. show uh, and the number one question which i want to really ask is that you know most of the times as you mentioned that you can also train people rather than you know getting el- uh-huh. someone else on the team right and sometimes while training you identify that they are really good at something but they don't have confidence and this yes. is for le- newly appointed managers you know because uh, and i have struggled with that as well to be very honest and that is i know that this person is really really good at this job but he he or she doesn't have that confidence to do that and most of the managers would make that mistake of scolding them or you know saying them things which they shouldn't say you know like you know saying them that oh come on you are you you have to do this it's a part of your job you know and all these things mm-hmm. and so my question over here is what should you know leaders should do at that point of time where they know that the skill is there but confidence isn't so how can they build the confidence in in that particular person that that is a great a great question when you when you think about it there's probably something in all of us that we don't have that confidence in this particular thing or that particular thing um what what i find is that um the the manager or the leader uh, sometimes has to revert to coaching which is different than managing right yeah. um and so what i try to do is i try to help the individual talk about what it is they want to achieve in their career what 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 are they after right mm-hmm. um you know i i've coached or managed a lot of people who were just happy doing what they were doing they had no desire to get promoted they had no desire to do anything else um and for those you may see some skills that they have that they're just not confident in uh, but they really don't want to grow um and um i'm i'm a big believer you can inspire people to grow but you can't force them to grow Um so first of all you identify is do they have that growth mindset or can you inspire that growth mindset in them? Uh and then 
I think you you put them in situations that help them use that skill that are um, non-threatening situations. Uh, so maybe maybe you see someone that is really, really good at talking with other people in the business to understand a business process, but they don't have the confidence in, in doing that. What you don't want to do is put them on your critical project that says, uh, you know, we're spending millions of dollars on this project and you better do a good job. That's going to put way too much pressure on them. But if you can give them a small assignment, maybe it's a small enough assignment and it's and it's with a with it's with a business unit that you know is friendly and easy to get along with. So it's it it starts to get them in there, get them doing that, get them using that skill. But you're all the time coaching behind the scenes, right? You're meeting with them and you're saying, okay, what did you learn today? How did you use it today? How did it make you feel? Um, because one of the ways that I, I believe you build confidence is you build it through resilience. Um, and, you know, resilience isn't the lack of challenge, the lack of adversity. Resilience is how we bounce back when we face that. And to me, that's where confidence comes from. If we can look to the past, our own past, and say, oh, yeah, I got thrown into that situation. And once I got in there, it wasn't as bad as I thought. Um, and I was able to make it through. And I actually, my boss told me I actually did a pretty good job. Well, there's a there's a little confidence boost, right, that, that bumps you up a little bit. So maybe the next time it's a little bit bigger project. And I think, um, you know, we can't always as managers, we can't always orchestrate things that minutely, but when we can, we should be thinking about what experience does that person need to grow in their confidence? I, I think the other thing, and and I talk to people uh, all the time, I wrote a book on on how to conduct a job search um, and one of the things I talk about in the book is if you've ever been in the position where you've lost your job, maybe through a reduction in force, a layoff or, or whatever, your confidence may be shot, right? Because it's like, oh, holy cow, I lost my job. Uh, now what do I do? Um, I, I tell people to go back and think about every job they've ever had. Go back to when you were a kid and you started out um uh doing odd jobs and making making some money and write down everything that you accomplished what made you feel good how did you how did it make you feel write down everything and most people you end up with a pretty long list of of things and that helps build your confidence because you're looking at wow i really do have some good stuff that i can offer so i think it's a combination of those kinds of things Wow, that's that's pretty amazing. And uh, I'm pretty sure, uh, audience, uh, I'm talking to you right now. I'm pretty sure you were sitting with a book and a pen. As I mentioned this in each and every episode that please sit with a book and a pen while listening to this podcast. However, if you haven't, you can listen to this episode again and again, or at least two, three times, because the wisdom which is provided by Mr. Jeff Tano here is 
invaluable and you are getting it free on this podcast right so make sure to share it with your loved ones as well because it's free and it's free for you to share it right so make sure to yeah. do that however jeff uh you know we are almost at the end of the episode i have one last question i promise and right. that is that is that you know what are some of the lessons which you have learned uh you know which you would like to share with us through throughout your experience and through the historical figures oh i i would tell you the the number of lessons that that i have learned are are endless. Um, I think a great way to learn leadership is by observation, by watching people around you and identifying, is that the type of, is that person a leader that I want to emulate? Hmm. Uh, right. And so what about them? Uh, what characteristics are they exhibiting that endears you to them as a leader or the opposite side of that is I never want to be that kind of leader, right? And again, identifying what it is they're doing or not doing that is, is making you feel that way. Because chances are, if you feel that way, others do too. And so you can start to learn by observation. And I would say, to answer your question, that's probably the number one thing that I learned is it's great to read books. Trust me, I I, I read uh, many, many books on, on leadership, on business, on technology, on history, and books are fantastic. I've written a couple, um, but you also need to get out, get your nose out of the books and look around and watch the leaders that you admire, watch the leaders that maybe you don't, and learn from them what's working and what's not. And I tell you, one of the most valuable leadership tools that we have available to us that is also free um, is journaling, writing in a journal. Um, I It's a, the most valuable leadership you have and it's right at your fingertips. Mm-hmm. Uh, I encourage, uh, like you encourage your listeners to sit down with a pen and paper when they're listening to the show. I encourage leaders to journal. Um, and uh, some, several lessons that come out of that is um, if you journal consistently, it it helps you uh, gain confidence. It helps you uh, make better decisions. Um, it can help you navigate emotional issues at work. Uh, it just makes you a far better leader. Nice. Leaders throughout time have journaled. When you look at great leaders, somewhere along the line, they have written that down. The other piece that's great about journaling is when you go back and reread the journal, read what you wrote. It's not a one and done. You don't write it and you never look at it again, but you go back and read it. And here's the magic about journaling is the lessons will be different when you go back and reread it because you have changed your environment and circumstances have changed. And therefore the le- the lessons have changed. It's a fabulous tool. So uh, I, I would say those are the two things that I that I've learned that uh, to pass on to your to your listeners is learn from observation and take up the habit of journaling. Wow, that's that's pretty amazing, and I really love that concept as well. And uh, the thing is, you know, one thing which I would like to say to the listeners about observation 
uh, is that there is a very fine line between observing and comparing. So, and that is one thing which I always say to my listeners that, and and it it's a human mindset as well somewhere I feel that while observing, we somehow compare, uh, yes. you know, and I, I'm just going to say like one sentence and that is comparing is going to bring insecurity Whereas yes. observing is going to bring more growth into your life. Yes. So be cautious about, you know, you are just observing and not comparing Fair yourself much. with that person. That's, uh, you know, that's that's something which I just wanted to let it out. And another point. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, and the second point, I really relate with it because one of my LinkedIn mentor, Dennis Sumlin, a huge shout out to, shout out to him. He said this to me approximately one year back about writing a journal and I am doing it today and it has been really, really helpful. So audience, yes, please do that. And it's a tried and tested method from me and I'm pretty sure it's a a tried and tested method, method from Jeff as well. So make sure to do it. Try it for two months, right? And it's it's yeah. it's not going to cost you anything. So try it for two months and see the change yourself, right? So yeah. uh, that's it, audience. And I'm pretty sure one last thing, uh, Jeff. I'm sorry, I I always say one last thing, but there is always a next question, <laughs> and I don't know why that happens. But this one is really really important, and that is if people wants to get connected with you if people wants to ask more question to you how can they reach out to you and how can they listen to your podcast as well absolutely so reach out to me on linkedin i i love that platform um uh would love to accept connection requests from from your listeners i'm really easy to find uh jeffrey s ton or jeff ton or j ton indy um, any one of those that will find me on LinkedIn would love to connect. And if you have a question uh, or a comment uh, or a disagreement with anything I said, would love to hear from you uh, and uh, happy to uh, exchange insights with that. Um, to find my podcast, my podcast is Status Go, Status G-O. It's for technology professionals who want to break out of the status quo. Uh, We focus mostly on leadership type uh, topics for the technology professional, a wide range of topics. And sometimes we talk tech, um, you know, we talk cloud, we talk cybersecurity, those kinds of things, but it's always from leadership and strategy perspective. So would, uh, would love to have you as a listener on that show um, and uh, add it to your, add it to your following list on whatever uh, podcast platform you get your podcasts on of course after you listen to this one of course thank you thank you so much uh, jeff for doing that and i'm pretty sure audience i know that's a lot to gain in so i'm going to mention each and every link in the description so you are just a click away from mr jeff Tan. so i would say just get connected with him and tell him that you listen to him on this podcast so that he will answer you first right so make sure to do that i hope that's fine with you jeff uh that is perfect thank you thank you thank you so much and uh jeff uh we are almost at the end of the episode so any lasting message which you have for me and the audience 
Well, first of all, thank you so very much for uh, having me on your show. This is a great podcast in in preparation for our, our talk. I listened to several of your episodes. I became a follower of your podcast. Really enjoy it. Um, for your listeners, uh, continue to grow. Grow every day. Find something that you can learn that's about leadership, about the current job you have, but just try to find a way to, to learn every day and add to your knowledge and add to your, your skill set, both your technical skills and your soft skills, uh, because it's all, it's all about growing. Right. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jeff. Uh, I really appreciate the kind words you said about this podcast. And, uh, you know, this, this has been a dream. I mean, thank you. Thank you so much for saying that. And audience, with that being said, thank you so much for listening to this entire episode. And if you feel that this podcast and this episode adds value in your life, then make sure to share it with your loved ones. It doesn't cost you anything, but it helps this podcast to reach to the people who are in real need of learning, right? So do that. Thank you so much in advance. And thank you so much. With that being said, this is Aditya Mehta along with Jeff Tan signing off from this episode. See you in the next one. Till then, peace out.